Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. been in love before. Come on, somebody. All right. Do you remember the time that you've been in love? You remember, you remember that back in the day when you fell in love with your boo-boo, you know what I'm saying? Your boo-thang, all right, your husband or your wife. And, and to be honest with you, some are still waiting on finding love. All I can tell you right now is continue to wait and uh, wait on the Lord and continue to serve the Lord. And I promise you, God will give you the right person. How about you be the right person instead of looking for the right person and God's going to send you your boot thing. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys remember the time that you were in love? You guys remember the butterflies? You remember the conversations? You remember the outings that you had? Uh-huh. All right. Remember you couldn't stop looking at each other. You know, you know what I was talking about where you, you know, you slide your eyes across the room and then your eyes lock and you kind of look away. You know what I'm saying? You remember those times where you were in love? And by the way, I want to pause real quick and I want to just congratulate my amazing father-in-law and my amazing mother-in-law who are going to be married 40 years this month in September. Can you believe that? Why don't you give them some prayer hand emojis, some, some clapping emojis. I mean, that's longer than I've been alive. Wow. All right. That is some work right there. We love you, Mel and Dan. All right. But you remember those days where uh, uh, you fell in love? And uh, by the way, thinking about my mother and father-in-law, I do think, man, I, I, now as I get older and, I'm, and, and as I grow and mature in my life, I think, wow, that's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. How many know marriage is work? Come on, somebody. All right, according to Google, there's a few signs you know you're in love, all right? Here's number one. You can't stop staring at them, like I said earlier, all right? Uh, no, you don't have an eye problem. You're just in love. You like that person, all right? Number two, you, you abandon uh, your usual activities, Number three, you don't mind when they do something unattractive. And this is funny to me, all right? Because when you're in love with someone, no matter what they do that's unattractive, they can do no wrong. I'm telling y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're in love with a girl and you're in love with a boy and somehow they just pass some guys like, you know, it's, it's just, it just happens, right? You, hey, that person just has some air, you know what I'm saying? Just, they just drink extra, extra, some extra soda, you know what I'm saying? But they can do no wrong because you're so deeply, madly in love with them. How about number four? You feel unusually optimistic when you're in love. You're always happy. All right. How about number five? All you want to do is touch and kiss them. All right. Um, I, word for y'all. All right. If you're in love and you're in, you're a Christian, don't be a ho- in the house ball by yourself, boo boo. Don't be laying hands on homegirl. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's hands off. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, temptation. All right. Number six. You can't stop thinking about them. That's true. Boy, is that true? When you're in love, you cannot stop thinking about them. You can't get them out of your head. Today, I want to preach a message to you from the book of Revelation. Yes, pastor said Revelation, all right? I want to preach a message to you today that Apostle John writes a letter that he was instructed to while being uh, exiled on the island of Patmos, all right, which is about 12 square miles, small island, And he was exiled for his faith. And tradition says that uh, the Romans actually tried to kill him. In fact, a lot of the apostles at this time, the 12, the original, have perhaps been persecuted and executed for their faith. All except, as legend says and myth says, is that John the apostle 
They tried to kill him. They actually tried to poison him. But because they could not kill him, they say, they exiled him. And on this island, Jesus reveals himself in his glorified state. And and John writes the last book of the Bible called Revelation. And in Spanish, Revelation, all right? And some of us get afraid and scared and a little kooky when it comes to the book of Revelation. And sure, the the book of Revelation is deeply apocalyptic and it's deeply eschatological, eschatological, that's how you say it, all right? means the study of end times, all right? And it's deeply prophetic. And I believe that Jesus uh, is speaking to our church and the church today through this chapter or through the book of Revelation, all right? So it's nothing to be uh, afraid of or anything like that. In fact, Revelation chapter one talks about this. You're very blessed if you read it. Why? Because then you're gonna be uh, knowing and understanding of what it is to come. Now, there's all kinds of theological debate, all right, with the, with, with the uh, tribulation and the millennial, uh, millennial reign of Christ and so forth. Um, and a lot of Revelation is also literal, but also sim- symbolic. And it's a deeply difficult book to understand unless you exegete the text and do proper her- hermeneutics and so forth. All right. So I wanted to give you a little bit of background, but Revelation chapter two, verse one through seven is where we're going to be at today. And I pray that the the word will touch your life, bless your life. I pray that God is going to open up your eyes. Amen. In Jesus name, it says this to the angel of the church in Ephesus. And by the way, let me park right there. I believe the church of Ephesus has the most ink in the Bible. I'm talking from Acts chapter 19, from the Apostle Paul. I'm talking about First and Second Timothy. I'm talking about the book of Revelation. We can see the very beginning of this church, the very, uh, I guess you could say when Timothy took it over. And, and there's a timeline here and in Revelation. So the Apostle John is instructed to write to seven churches and the uh, church of Ephesus is one of them, all right, which is to modern day today, Turkey, the western coast of Turkey, all right. And it says this, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold golden lampstands. And uh, let me pause you right there. Jesus gives us some in- interpretation on what lampstands are, all right. It's deeply uh, uh, f- um, from the Jewish culture. And it also represents churches in the book of Revelation, all right? So lampstands, churches, churches, lampstands. And the stars, he says, are the angels. So verse two, it says, I know your deeds. He's talking to a church. He's not talking to an individual. He's talking to a church. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. I mean, if we stop right there, what an amazing church. I mean, they even test those that claim to be apostles and know they are or aren't. Wow. Jesus says, I know your deeds, calling church. All right. I know that you're persevering during COVID-19. I hear all of your prayers. I know everything that you're going through. I know what the world is going through, calling church. Don't worry. All right. But watch this. And every single church that John writes to God, Jesus Christ has some praise. All right. And then he has some warnings. All right. Now, now, now you're going to see a little bit of the, the, the turn here. It says this. All right. It says, yet, somebody say yet, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Verse five, consider, someone say consider. All right, consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. 
If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Verse 6, but you have this in your favor. Watch this. He says, this is to your credit. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And we must understand from history who these people were. These people were led by a, a cult leader named uh, Nicholas, who was a deacon in the Antioch church early on in the early church who taught, who now started to teach, um, and, and him and his followers started to teach a false doctrine, which was Jesus Christ has set you spiritually free. Now you can indulge and you can uh, immerse yourself in immorality and sexual immorality because you're free now. You can do anything. That's called licentiousness, not freedom. Come on, y'all. How many of you know that Jesus Christ paid for our freedom and it does not mean we just do anything? No, no way. That's not the proper teaching. And most of the churches understood that and said, this is not the teaching from the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So it goes on to say this. Jesus says this. I also hate that teaching. Verse 7, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Oh, come on, somebody. That's a message right there. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is uh, in the paradise of God. And that's where he ends his letter to the church of Ephesus. So I really want to preach a message to, today to help us rekindle passion again for the heart of Jesus. I know that for many we're in turmoil and we're in tumultuous times and we're worried about the finances and we're worried about the children and we're worried about teaching them and educating them. And are they going to flunk? Are they going to make it because they're doing online? How am I going to work? And wife, how are you going to work? And husband, how are we going to get through this? And then we turn on the TV as we eat dinner and we see that an asteroid is coming to planet Earth and that there are hurricanes and that there's civil unrest and that and there's just so and there's wildfires and there's so much happening in the world. But I want to preach a message today for you to not fall into fear, but to, to call you to, um, uh, to fall in love with Jesus. I want these things for you not to be terrified about, but to pursue the heart of God deeper. I, I can tell you a million reasons why I love Jesus. And as I took my break and as I rested, and as, I could, as you can tell, I am fired up with emotion and passion because sometimes you do need a rest. Sometimes you need to take one step back to take five forward. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God stretches the arrow back so it can launch you forward. Oh, come on, somebody. And I have, I have good news for the calling church that God is going to continue to use us in mighty ways in this generation. Come on, y'all. All right. That we're not going to fall into fear. That we're going to fall into faith. That our faith is not going to be fickle. That our faith is going to be powerful. And this is the times that our faith is made of, baby, so that we can do exploits in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give me some praise hands. Someone give me a shout. Someone give me a unicorn. Someone said that a few weeks ago, all right? Hollow at your boy. You know what I'm saying? But I could give you a million reasons why I love Jesus. And it touches me because I know where I've been. I know where I've come from. I know, how, I know that, uh, that God pursues me every single day. The Bible says, I'm going to share a few things with you of why I love Jesus so much, all right? Jesus says he knows the number of hairs on my head. All right. Jesus says every time we weep, he catches it in a bottle and he remembers it. Jesus says when he hurt, we hurt, he hurts. Jesus says when we rejoice, he's rejoicing. Jesus loves us so much as his children that he actually corrects us and rebukes us because he doesn't want us to go the wrong way. Come on, y'all. All right. Jesus is passionately in love with me and you and he pursues us 
daily, all right? So I want us as a church to fall, fall in love deeper, fall deeper in love with the heart of Jesus Christ, Christ and not to be dismayed or fearful about everything that we see. Remember the scripture says that we, uh, that we walk uh, not by sight, but we walk by faith in the name of Jesus. So I want to share a few things that Jesus says that I think is so significant about our relationship with Jesus. Here's the deal. Some of you have been following Jesus for a few days. Some of you have been following Jesus for the last year. Some of you have been, became a follower of Jesus during these crazy times, and that's awesome. Some of you have been a follower for Jesus uh, 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 for 30 years, 40 years, and that is amazing, all right? And, I, and I'll get to why I'm saying that. But we need to tend to the relationship that we have with him. And there's a few things that he says here that is quite significant. I love that he says this. He says, repent. He says, repent. Do we hear that in the church anymore? I mean, what happened to being re- to repentance? You know what repentance means? Repentance means to change your direction, homie. All right? Because you're going the wrong way. All right? I think Pastor Bob said it last weekend. Is the millennial generation or just people in general, are we going to go our way? Are we going to go God's way? Because I can tell you already that the man and the woman that follows God's way is going to live hashtag the blessed life. But if you go your way, you're on your own, boo-boo. All right. So the Bible, Jesus is saying, repent and come back to your first love. Oh, come on, y'all. You remember what it means to be in love? By the way, love will make you do some crazy stuff. You guys remember Tom Cruise on Oprah Winfrey's show? You know what I'm saying? You remember he jumped on that couch and like, I'm in love, I'm in love. Remember that? That was a big moment, right? Love will make you do some crazy stuff. I remember a time uh, when Karine and I were just dating. For, I'll never forget the day I met Karine, Catherine Giangrande. Man, I fell in love. I'll be honest with you, church. I didn't always live the right way before Karine Catherine Giangrande. I remember when I got saved at the age of 21, I said, God, I'm all in. I don't want to do me no more. I'm going to repent. I'm done with my way. I see my dad's way. I see my family's way. I don't want no more generational curses. God, I'm giving it up all to you. I'm going your way. And I remember telling myself uh, for about (laughs) 10 months or so, God, I'm not going to date nobody. And I was going to a relatively huge church and there was all kinds of single people. And I just, got, I just want to date you. Here's a word for someone today. Maybe you're looking for a relationship in this crazy mess or once you, we get out of this mess, you're looking for a, a, a partner. Let me tell you, keep serving Jesus and keep waiting on Jesus and he will give you the right one. Come on, somebody, you be the right one. I'll never forget August 7th, 2009. I was serving the Lord. I gave up my way for God's way. I was repenting. And I'll never forget, uh, I was a part of a, 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 a service or a ministry uh, on a, during a weekday that asked for volunteers. And I remember I got there early and there was an empty chair right next to me. And I'll never forget a young, beautiful woman who I saw who, I, who I saw who was leading worship at the time. Didn't know her, but I always seen her, her amazing gifts and so forth. Uh, came in and was a little bit late and sat down uh, on the chair right next to me. I was nervous. I had butterflies. I kind of didn't even want to look her way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I didn't want like, you know, her to think I was a creeper or anything like that. And I was just kind. I just was friendly. And she asked me, hey, do you know what's going on? I came a little bit late. And I remember sharing what, you know, the, the, the situation of the day and what we would be doing. And I kid you not, homegirl never left my side after that. <laughs> Can you believe that? All right. I was just kind. She was amazing. And I remember just from that moment, just taking a look at her. Uh, she's beautiful, my Italian-Mexican mama queen, you know what I'm saying? 
And uh, I fell in love with her. I'll never forget our first day, our first date at El Pollo Loco. You know what I'm saying? BRC Burrito. Write that down in the chat. BRC Burrito. Back then, it was 99 cents. You know what I'm saying? All right? And uh, that was an awesome first date. But I fell in love with her. Man, I fell in love with her. I fell head over heels for her. And all was simply me. I wasn't trying to do anything. I wasn't trying to pull any moves. And, and she wasn't either. I'll never forget as we started to date, love will make you do some crazy stuff. All right. Not that this is crazy or anything, but I remember at the time I worked at Home Depot and I worked in the hardware section and I loved the hardware department. I worked with the hammers and saws and sawzaws and all kinds of stuff. And I remember Karine sometimes would surprise me. She would be pretending to look at hammers and be pretending to look at sawzaws. And she has no idea what these things are, or these tools are, but she wanted just to show up to be in my midst or just to be with me or around me. So love will make you do some crazy stuff. I love what Jesus says here in the scripture. He says some important things that I believe that we all need to do to rekindle passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch what it says. He says this, uh, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. All right. He said, in other words, he's saying, think about that. And he says, repent, change your direction and do, watch this now, do the things you did at first. You hear that? Do the things you used to do when you first loved me. And I remember some of the things that I first did when I loved my beautiful Kareen Catherine Gian Grande, all right? Some of the first things that I remember we used to do is, or I used to do is, man, I remember that I could not take my eyes off of her. She was beautiful. She was stunning, little shy, or actually very shy. Homeboy was doing all the talking in the relationship, all right? But I remember that I could not take my eyes off of her. This morning, I want to uh, teach you some principles to fall back in love with Jesus, all right? Because I think for some of us this morning, uh, we've been a follower of Jesus for a very long time. But like any relationship, if you don't tend to it, it will fall away. It will drift apart. And I'll teach a little bit about that later. But I remember that I could not take my eyes off of her, all right? Some of us this morning, we've taken our eyes off of Jesus and we've put it on the news, We've taken our eyes off of Jesus and we've put it on the election solely. We've taken our eyes off of Jesus and, and we've put it on the mess and the issues and the problems. And let me tell you, there's no, no wonder why we, we get uh, fussed up with, with anxiety and depression and stress. And let me tell you, as long as you keep taking your eyes off of Jesus, uh, then those things are going to mount up. All right. But in, unless we take our eyes off of those things, and put them on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to start to feel a little bit of his peace, a little bit of his presence, a little bit of his love and his mercy. So don't take your eyes off of Jesus. You know what I'm saying, all right? When you're first in love, you're always locking eyes. Lock eyes with Jesus in this season of your life. Here's another, another thing that you should do, all right? I remember doing with my wife when I first fell in love with her. All I wanted to be, honestly, was in her presence. I don't care what I was doing. Working at Home Depot, I didn't care if she was pretending to look at hammers and saws all right? I just wanted to be in her presence. I just wanted to hold her hand. I just wanted just to, to feel uh, just her around me. Come on, you know what I'm saying? All right? And right now in this season, that what we need to do to fall in love with Jesus is we need to get back into his presence. We need to close the door, fold our hands up over the bed, and start praying. 
I know that we have kids. I know that we have work. I know that there are things going on. But let me tell you, you cannot afford to not spend time with Jesus. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? You cannot afford not to spend some time with Jesus. And just like if we keep our eyes off of him, and just like if we don't spend time with him, issues are going to rise. Anxiety is going to rise. Discouragement is going to rise. So we just need to spend some time with him in the quiet and in his presence. And honestly, we just need to hear him speak. We just need to hear him, him love on us. We need to feel his embrace and his direction and his leading. Let me tell you, if you're a man in the house right now, I urge you to spend some time with Jesus for the leading and the direction of your family and your marriage. If you're a woman right now watching and you're married, I urge you to spend some time with Jesus for the leading and the direction and the guidance of your family. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm saying? In these times that we live in today. The third thing I remember doing when I, was in lo- when I was so in love with my wife or girlfriend at the time, I remember I couldn't take my mind off of her. You know what I'm saying? I remember working. I remember going to school. I remember going to church. Man, all I thought about was Kareen. All I wanted to, to be with was Kareen. I just wanted to talk to her. I just be, wanted to be around her. I, just, I couldn't take my mind about, off of her. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to just... I couldn't help but think about the you know, next time I get to spend time with her. Let me tell you right now that we need to have the mind of Christ in the times that we live in today. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Simply, you're not gonna just get God thoughts in your mind if your Bible simply just sits on the coffee table or up on the shelf, or if you're, if it's just an app on your phone that never gets pressed. Come on, y'all. The way that things change in our life is if we read the word of God. Pastor Bob said last week, and I do this all the time, that one of the first things that I do in the morning is I say a prayer and I spend time with God for the direction of my life, for the direction of my marriage, for the direction of my uh, church, for the direction of my fatherhood, to see what Jesus is doing. A lot of times we know what's going on in the world before we even know what the kingdom is doing, all right? So we need to spend some time not being uh, 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 um, stuck in the pattern of this world, all right, or conform, but transform by the renewing of your mind. You know why it's important to read scripture? It's because when your problems start talking to you, you need to start quoting scripture back to your problems. You need to start talking to the devil and telling him what the word of God says, that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Take that devil. It's called a rhema word of God, all right, which is the short Machira sword of the spirit, all right, or the Roman sword, all right. Number four, here's one thing I remember doing all the time when I was first in love with my beautiful girlfriend at the time. I remember that I couldn't stop talking with her. You know what I'm saying? You know when you're in love and you're, you're, it's late at night, all right, sorry, mom, sorry, dad, father, parents-in-law, but you thought Kareem was sleeping all the time. <laughs> she was actually on the phone with me all night, all right? Um, you know, when you're in love, you're on the phone all night, all right? 
Like, what you doing right now? Nothing. I'm just laying down, watching TV. You know what I'm saying? All right. You just talked the whole night. Remember, remember you were so in love that when you talked to your girlfriend or your boyfriend at the time, you're like, no, you hang up first. No, 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 you hang up first. Okay, no, we're going to hang up together at the same time. Okay, you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Wait, you still there? Yeah, I didn't want to hang up, you know. So you know what I'm saying? You're so in love that you just want to communicate and be on the phone with each other all of the time. Man, I can't tell you how important it is right now these days to communicate with your heavenly father. The Bible says that he knows every word that you're going to pray, that you're going to utter even before you say it. That's how well he knows you. Why not let him know? Why not let him in? Communicate with God, tell him what you're feeling. Tell him what you're going through. Tell him how you feel despite all of this chaos. Tell him, God, how, how are you going to come through for me in this situation? And, and while you're at it, while you're communicating, it's important to do some praising, not just to sit on your hands, but to lift your hands and start praising for breakthroughs in your life. God, my family is going to make it. God, my marriage is going to make it. God, uh, I'm going to see you in tangible ways this season because I'm not going to let go of you. And simply that's why I wear this anchor on my chest all the time because it reminds me that I'm anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what comes this way. And let me tell you as we continue to talk about Revelation chapter 2, it is so critical to be in love and in step and in tune with Jesus this day because Jesus can come back any day now. It's crazy y'all. All right. And Bible, Bible prophecy they're saying it's, it's happening. It's unfurling. It's unraveling right now as we speak. Let me tell you don't be out of touch with Jesus. Don't be out of love with Jesus these days. Don't be on the fence about Jesus. Don't be one foot in and one foot out with Jesus. Let me tell you be all in for Jesus. Come on y'all. All right. I want to continue to read some scripture here to you and talk about the significance of this. Look what he says about the lampstand, all right? He says, uh, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent, turn around, change directions, alter your course, and do the things you did at first. And by the way, let me stop right there. We know some historical uh, uh, evidence, if you will, from Acts chapter 19. We understand how the church of Ephesus was started. So Jesus is saying, do church what you used to do at first. Do you remember Paul spent two years, all right, and I did this, all right, two years at the church of Ephesus and he debated and he had discussions with the church and God, the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully that aprons and handkerchiefs that had just touched Paul were being used to heal people, all right? They were taken to, to the sick and they were cured of their illnesses. There was revival in the church of Ephesus. You remember the idol makers got upset and they revolted because no one was buying the idols anymore because, G, because Paul was preaching that these idols and these gods are false gods and don't buy these things anymore because there's the only one true God all right and serve him and love him and trust him so they weren't buying him and then the idol makers revolted and said uh, it was chaos and pandemonium in the city so there was revival and somewhere along the line Ephesus fell out of love with Jesus I mean they were doing the things they were supposed to do it to do but their heart was not in it come on y'all you know what I'm saying so he says this in verse 5 consider how far you've fallen and repent all right, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, watch this, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And symbolically speaking, the lampstand represents 
churches. It, re- it re- represents, or lampstands, it's supposed to represent influence. It's, re- it's, uh, it's supposed to represent light. It's supposed to represent love. All right. Watch what Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 15 says. It says, you are the light of the world. Talking about being a lampstand. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill. A, a, a hill cannot be hidden. A city that cannot be hidden. Neither, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In other words, what Jesus is saying is if you're not going to be the light, I'm going to remove your influence from you. You will no longer be a church. Let me tell you this, church. Do you know how churches die? It's not because they can't pay the bills. It's not because they don't have a property. We don't even have a property and we're doing amazing in Jesus' name, all right? You know how churches go away and die? It's because they lack love for Jesus. It's because they no longer uh, have a heart for him and want to pursue him with all their heart. And see, this church was doing all of the things they should be doing, but they didn't have a heart for him. And that leads me to this. Just like any relationship, all right, you need to cultivate a relationship, right? To me and my lovely wife, we've been in a relationship for almost 11 years now, all right? But we, we've had, uh, we, we've, been in, uh, uh, we've been married, excuse me, for eight years now. And at first, you know, love is awesome that it's goo-goo and it's gaga and it's feely and it's vibey and your hormones are crazy and it's awesome and you can't stop locking eyes and, and holding hands and so forth, Right? But just like, just like a relationship with your partner and is like Jesus, there's going to be seasons where it's going to be great and the feelings are awesome. But then there are going to be seasons that you go through in your relationship that the feelings kind of go away. And I want to let you know this morning that our relationship with Jesus shouldn't just be built on feelings. Come on, y'all. Because the Bible talks about how there's tons of people who, who didn't go through a good time. They were persecuted and it wasn't always about feelings. Look at David in the Psalms. He talks about how he feels like his soul is crushed. But let me tell you about the Jesus, the Jesus and how he loves us. See, love is not just a feeling. Love is a choice. And every single day that you rise and you go to bed, Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves me. Not based upon my behavior, but it's based upon his covenant and his love for me and for you. So for a lot of Christians, we live um, our faith with feelings. And it's important to mature in your faith to understand that it's not always going to be about feelings. Feelings come and feelings go, but our faith is also built upon the facts of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. And it's these facts that are so significant in times that we're living right now that hold us, that keep us solid, all right? So I want you to know just because you don't feel it and maybe because you're in your bathrobe watching Sunday morning service and you just miss people and you hate Zoom, let me tell you, get away from the feelings. Get based on the facts that Jesus Christ loves you and that he is God and that he is on the throne and come what may, asteroid, hurricane, crazy people, that Jesus Christ rules and reigns and his kingdom is powerful and is real and heaven is a reality and hell's a reality. And as long as I have Jesus in my heart and I follow his word, I'm good, boo-boo. Come on, y'all. All right, because feelings come and feelings Go. I'm going to invite my wife up here for a second. She's going to take a second to come on up here. Why don't you give her some clapping hand emojis? All right. But I really want to teach you about this because love is not just a feeling. Love is a choice. 
And this amazing, beautiful, fine, Italian, Mexican woman who can sing, all right, uh, is amazing. She puts up with me a lot, to be honest with you, all right. I put up with her a little bit. No, I'm just kidding, all right. But I remember the time that we fell in love and we couldn't stop looking at each other. We couldn't stop being around each other. You know, this last nine months, we had a child. And let me tell you, those feelings are not the same in in essence. We love each other completely. But when your love matures, uh, 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 you, you just have to understand that love is a choice. And every day we have decided that no matter what comes, come what may, tired, waking up in the middle of the night with the baby, feeding the baby, working in the same house and on all the above, we're always going to love each other no matter what. And I'm going to get, I have some tools here. So Kareen, grab this and grab this. All right. Now I believe love, come, let's come up here. Love is like a garden, y'all. All right. Actually grab the, grab the watering pot. Love is like a garden. All right. And if you don't pay any attention to your garden, it's just gonna it's just gonna get out of hand. All right. I love the there, there's tons of scriptures in the Bible that talk about love being like a garden. And if you love somebody, all right, you're gonna do the work that is necessary to to, to take care of the garden. You're gonna till the ground, all right. I want you to act like your garden. She actually gardens, we garden together because we love each other and we want a nice looking backyard. So pretend you're gardening. We're going to play like we're kids. All right. Anyway, she clearly don't want to do it. All right. She loves me. That's why she's doing this. But uh, if you, if you love someone, you're going to till, you're going to, you're going to do the hard work, y'all. You're going to, you're going to, I can't even pull up my sleeves. All right. You're going to do the hard work. You're going to put your gloves on or you get your feet dirty and feet wet. And you're going to start doing the work to, to, to love somebody. But watch this, watch this. If, if, if you don't love someone or you say you do love someone, uh, and, you, and you're not taking care of the garden, it's just going to get all out of hand. It's going to get all out of whack. It's going to look ugly. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, okay, let's go back to the garden. You ready? Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? I'm cutting some weeds right here. Get them out of the garden. All right, getting some bugs out. All right, stomping on some spiders. All right. Anyway, some of us, to be honest with you, she's a great actor. All right. Some of us, to be honest with you, we've stopped doing this yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. We, stopped, we stopped reading our word. We stopped, we stopped uh, uh, clearing out some of the bugs. We stopped reading our Bible. We stopped praying. We're waiting, we're waiting for someone else to continually serve us, to grow up in our faith. We're wearing a bib. But it's time to take care of the garden of our love for Jesus and the garden of our faith for Jesus. Because, you know, no one's going to come over to your house, boo-boo. No one's going to pick up this in your faith for you and do this for you, all right? You got to do this for yourself and clear out all, all, the, all the stuff that is messing up your garden. All right, give my wife an amazing clap. All right, emoji clap. Watch this. It says this in Songs of Solomon or Song of Songs, by the way, in chapter two, verse 15, talking about love. All right, King Solomon is writing this and it echoes the words of Jesus Christ for his bride, the church. It says this, you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch and remove them from for me? We will do it together. It's actually, uh, King Solomon is talking about his love, his bride to be. But the foxes keep spoiling the garden or the vine. In the same way, I want you church, I want us as a church to continually pursue the heart of Jesus with all our heart and all our soul, with all our might, 
You know, let me tell you something. No church is perfect. No church is perfect. We all have our things. But let me tell you, if we think that in our day, that if Jesus was going to write a letter to our church or any church in today's climate and everything is going to be okay, let me tell you, we are badly mistaken, all right? Jesus has a praise and Jesus also has a criticism for each church. I want to let you know that as a church, we are doing well. We are doing amazing. We are only four years old and we are not sinking. We are thriving right now as a church. But I want to tell you right now, don't let your faith be fickle. Don't let your love for Jesus grow dim. Continue to pursue the heart of Jesus with all of your might. And I promise you, God is going to bring some breakthroughs as you tangibly hold on to him through your faith. Let me tell you right now, is a powerful season to fall in love with Jesus, to continue to pursue him, to continue to lean on him. How about instead of letting your faith shrink back, how about grow up in your faith and allow your faith muscles to get stronger right now in this season? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.